Welcome to the Reclaims Podcast. I'm your host, Ellie Arnshaw. Through interviews and sit-down chats, it's in this podcast that we discuss how God is inviting us to take practical and active steps towards healing. The following episode is also available in video form, and the link is found in the show notes. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reclaimed Podcast. Ellie Herringshaw here again, and I am joined by my amazing father, Mark Herringshaw. Hi, Dad. It's good to be here. Welcome. Very welcome good to again. be here. We, um, I, I think some of the best feedback, or probably the... I mean, you could argue it's the best feedback because it's about you. But um, one of the one of the most like common things that people say is, "It's so cool that you're doing this with your dad." I think that's amazing. So um, that's actually why I'm keeping you around is just because it's like a popular thing. By popular demand. <laughs> Back by popular if, demand. <laughs> if they only knew. Um, but it, it's, but it's, it's it's great to be with you. I I love this. It's because um, you have a background in in um, also in. Radio. You've done some radio. I have, yes. And uh, I think combining that with, you know, what's typical conversation around our dinner table anyway and has been for many years. Yeah, we're a little unusual in our family. So the, the kind of conversations we have here, I think we're just ca- we're just capturing sort of what goes on anyway. Yeah, I think that's and, probably I mean, there's a few opinionated accurate. people um, under our roof. <laughs> Just slightly opinionated, <laughs> but hopefully yeah. we hopefully we speak the truth and love to each other. So anyway, let's just let's just have that. a conversation today, like like we typically do, and let others eavesdrop on that. That'd be great. That's kind of what we. That's kind of what we're doing. Um, it's more of I think for me too. It's just like a purpose to get together with you and talk because I think we need to do that sometimes. And so I'm like, hey dad, let's record a podcast, and then it's just a it's an excuse to drink coffee and chat Absolutely. about life. So you went away on a retreat this last week. I did. Um, and then what came out of that was the thought about this particular conversation. It, yeah. Yes. So I went um, I went on a silent retreat to a place called Pachaman Terrace um, which is, up in Isanti, Minnesota. Which means... <clears throat> peace on earth. Peace on earth. And let me tell you, it was very peaceful and that's just what I think our earth should be. It's just like, it's this beautiful place. It's a retreat center where you stay in a hermitage, this tiny little room. There's no running water. There is, um, there is like no bathroom. You have to go outside to go to the bathroom. I mean, it's like, it's this Catholic hermitage. That's just beautiful. They bring you fresh bread and cheese and you just sit there and you, you and the the monks pray for you while you're there. Oh my gosh. It was, yeah, it was beautiful. incredible. It was just so good. And, um, though some, some people may know I, um, I, it's been a really hard season of life right now. And, um, I, I've talked very openly about my, my dog, my amazing, mm. my amazing pooch and, um, bling my retired racing greyhound. And, um, about a week and a half ago, I mean, it would be, it'll be two weeks by the time this episode is up, but, um, I had to put her down and, yeah. and that was really <laughs> excruciating and so hard. And, um, and so I just needed to take some time and I needed to get centered again, yeah. um, to be honest about the grief of losing a dog. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that. Well, we, we, we probably should because it's actually deep in God's purpose for us. Yeah to love and tend the earth that he's created. And, and so, you know, that it's, I don't know that you can, 
you can think all kinds of things about our relationship with the creatures of the earth, but it's actually ordained by God. And, Absolutely. And you reclaimed her. Mm-hmm. She and she helped me. to reclaim you. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, well, that would it's actually really hard. it'd be a really <laughs> good conversation, even about you know what's the role of of animals and growing things mm-hmm. and tending gardens in the in our healing. Yeah, it's actually a big part. God uses that. We're not actually meant for some ethereal spiritual existence. We're going to have bodies for eternity. Right. And and in some new redeemed created order. Yeah. It matters. Absolutely. And and so how we are loved and extend love to God's creation is a big part of his character building in us. It's really important. And so the grief of losing her was acute and it was hard. So I took this time and I went I went away on the silent retreat and turned off my phone and um and just soaked in the love of Jesus and it was incredible and I highly recommend it to people <laughs> to just take that time and be like be just intentional about about spending time with Jesus in like an extended period yeah. of time it was really good yeah um, and I had done it once before but anyway um I I did take some time um, not just to soak but also to be um to to process how I want to do this ministry how I want to do this podcast and I was praying more about it and um and one of the things, like I said, that people really love is that they're like, it's really cool that you're doing this with your dad. And um, and in praying about that, I was like, what what are some things that people want or what, what are some what are some things that fathers kind of provide? And I think that one of the things that is kind of the job of dads is to call their children to into their destiny and into hope. And um so today is going to be about hope. It's going to be about talking about hope. How do we hold on to hope? How do we, um, this was a very long extended intro to this, <laughs> to, the, to the introduction of this podcast, but how do we hold on to hope? And, um, and I want you, I'm putting you on the spot, dad, but I need a pep talk. And um, I think that that's hmm. one of the things that dads kind of provide for their kids is a pep talk. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do believe that. I, I think that was um, that was, that was the role God gave my father in my life. Hmm. We were really different in terms of personality, but you mean you and I, or you and your dad? No, I'm uh, talking about my dad. Yep. Your your papa. Yep. Who's with Jesus now? But um, he he was able to speak things that called me up into be things that he saw in me that didn't exist yet. Hmm. So I think that fathers have this, uh, it's a supernatural ability that I think even some, even a father that's not walking with Jesus has this, they see things in their children. Hmm. And sometimes that's expressed in frustration. Hmm. Sometimes it's, it can be expressed in control. It can be expressed in abdication. Those are all negative expressions of seeing what we hope for in our children, the destiny yeah. that is not yet reality. And, and so the redeemed part of that is that, that God would, would um, mold our character as fathers mm. to be able to express that in a way that is both uh, supporting and challenging to call that yeah. up. 
but it isn't, again, I think a lot of times in our own brokenness, we don't do that well. Well, and, and mothers kind of, mothers do that in a different way mm-hmm. in being nurturing mm-hmm. to, um, and of course we're speaking very generically, um, and generally about gender roles and, and that kind of thing. But anyway, um, but mothers, mothers are more like present in, in being there for their children mm-hmm. in the moment when things are upsetting or whatever in just being, um, yes. being caring in that yes. way. And so then I think, a, a role of a father is then being a little bit more future. Yes. Like, I think that's exactly, I'm going exact, to point, exactly point you to, um, to hope that, that there is a future of yes. something. And yes. that's a good segue to what you named me. Mm-hmm. My name is Elizabeth Hope. My middle name is Hope. And I, there's been times where I'm like, why, uh, why is that my name? <laughs> because I don't feel it. I don't know it. I can't see it. So, yeah. I, and I've always gone by Ellie, but you always call me Elizabeth, which I, I, I mean, not always, but you, you call mm-hmm. me Elizabeth more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And I also call you Hope. Why did you name me Hope? Um, I don't know. And I, I think that's, I've reflected on that since we were talking about doing this conversation. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it was a conscious um, like intentional thought through mm-hmm. decision. I, I think names actually are, they, they kind of come, um, I think when, when parents name their children, I think there's a prophetic role that God's actually playing there. And yeah. our stories are woven into the names that we're given. And God did this often in the, in the stories where he, the stories in the Bible where he sees something in someone and names them what they are to be before they're they're that thing. Peter. Yeah, exactly. Peter's a great example. <laughs> He's not a rock, right. but, he, but Jesus said, exactly. I'm going to build my church on yep. you. Yep. So Ab- I'm calling you the rock. Abram gets moved yeah. to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. And uh, what one rabbi looks at the the name changes from Sarai to Sarah and Abram to Abraham, and identifies that that God's name Yahweh, uh, that God takes letters from His name and adds it into Sarai and Sarah mm. and actually puts Himself into them, changes their destiny. Well, because Abraham means father. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, Abram means Abram means father, exalted father. Abraham, father. Father uh, of many. Yes, and so and he, at that time he wasn't even a father. Right. Which I, it's just yeah. He's, right. He's really just speaking in the destiny of exactly, and and also a reminder of the promise. Yes. Of God has already he already gave Abraham the promise that he was going to be a father of many of a great nation. Yep. And he still wasn't a dad. So so Paul picks that theme up in Romans seven, and he's talking about hope. So you can get your Bibles out, and you can. Um, <laughs> Turn to, no, yeah, well, Romans 4 <laughs> is about that promise of Abram's name changed yep. to Abraham. And then what Abraham had to deal with in the fact that that wasn't real. So, yes. so God's functioning as a, in essence, as a father calling him up to something. And, it, and Paul says this, because Paul's talking here about what faith is. Hmm. And he says... Um, this is Romans 4. Yeah, this is in verse 19. He, speaking of Abraham, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body as already dead. Oh, so uh, another translation says, Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. He is an old man. 
He's been given a promise that he's going to have children, that Sarah is going to have children. And the facts were totally against that reality. Yeah. And I think there's a distinction between believing something in faith and denying reality. It's not. When we believe a promise of God, we are not um, having to to kind of muster up our uh, imagination to say, I can't say I'm sick. I can't say I'm sick. We're not, we're not living in denial. We don't live in denial. In fact, that is exactly what Paul is saying is Abraham did not deny the fact yeah. that his body wasn't going to have children. But he didn't let that determine his picture of reality. Facts and reality, yeah. when hope is engaged, is not the same thing. Right. So we don't deny the facts, but we say there's a higher fact that is God's promise. God's promise. That is, then, that is going to determine what's real. And then also what God has, what Jesus has already done on the cross. That's right. Um, one of the thing, one of the the things that I was just really honest with the Lord about. I think it's important to be honest with God. Yeah. He knows what we're going through. He's facing mm-hmm. it, but it's also we we have to be honest with our own emotions so that we can receive healing. In that, in those emotions, not that we want to just have freedom from negative emotions or something, right. but um, but we have to be we have to be honest about those those things. Which is the premise of reclaiming. Exactly, right? exactly. It's it's being honest with those things and then allowing healing to happen there, but and, not stopping with the facts, not yes. stopping with that statement of yes. honesty. And so 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 just to like just going back to my to this retreat that I was on. As I was there, I was just like, I was really honest with the Lord. Like I said, I was like, this, this sucks. Like I am grieving right now. I, I've, I've gone through kind of just a series of like waves of different opposition. Of loss. Of loss. And, and now I lost my best friend, which was my dog. And, and I just like, I'm not catching a break here, Lord. What is going on? And then he was just, he just he was so present with me in mm-hmm. those emotions and being honest with him about those. It's not denying the facts. It's like, it's facing them. And then he's yes. meeting us there. Yes. So you asked why we named you Elizabeth hope. I don't think that was a conscious, Oh, let's, let's, let's um, call Elizabeth hope, hope. So that, um, so that there's some, you know, so that when she's going that. through something hard, right. she'll remember that her name is <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> I, but I do think it was actually the Holy Spirit working with mm-hmm. us to call something out in you. It's a beautiful and, name. And it, <laughs> and it has, in many ways, set the pace for your story. Yeah. So, and I think our names become that, and I think a father's role is to do that. So if I could, you know, I could remind you today that your name is actually the it's the it's the trump card that is stronger than the facts of your life and yeah. it it is the, it's this picture of what's real mm-hmm. in spite of the facing the fact of circumstances i'm facing the fact that life kind of sucks right now sorry it kind of does sometimes but 
I need, but I always have to call to mind the reality of. Right. And, and actually this is a uniquely Christian mindset or a Christian philosophy of life, a worldview, if you mm-hmm. will. So hope becomes the, it's the paradigm in which we see reality. Um, I, I, I remember once the, the first time I ever saw one of those magic eye images you know, like oh, the, the yes. computer. Those were so big in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So I remember, so I, I remember in a mall somewhere. You know, somebody had had a. You have to like they, cross your eyes in this weird. Exactly. Way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're you're looking at the facts of the dots right there. That's what's real. Hmm. And yet, um, if you stay there, and you know, sometimes it's you squint your eyes or turn your head sideways. I mean, there's all kinds of little tricks you can do to adjust your vision perspective, and then suddenly, you know the dimension shifts it's a three-dimension picture you know a dolphin jumping out of the waves or whatever it is right it was always something like a dolphin jumping out of waves (laughs) the the paradigm of that is or the 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 kind of parable that that is is that there is another dimension of reality that christians hold to that Mm. gives us a different way of looking at the same dots and the dots of our circumstances have another dimension, and it's yeah. hope. And hope is rooted in a historical reality of Jesus' resurrection. Uh, N.T. Wright wrote a book called Surprised by Hope. I'm reading that right now. You are. <laughs> this is good. The premise being resurrection as a historical reality, a man who was God physically died, was put in the ground, three days later, physically relived in a new form of human existence. And then we're told, and we will one day be like him. So this reality, this picture that Jesus has walked through death, which we're all in our instincts deeply afraid of, if we believe that that's real, it creates a hope that life is other than our experiences tell us that it is. Hmm. And there's a certain kind of aha revelation, it's called in Scripture. Um, it's, a, it's a kind of paradigm shift that happens in us when we are converted, when our minds are renewed and we believe in the resurrection, that hope becomes the phil- philosophical baseline for our lives. And so we see everything through the lens of I'm living for 10,000 years and way beyond that, which changes everything about the way I look at everything. A cup of coffee, losing your precious dog, um, losing a precious marriage. All of it is framed now through a lens that it's not the fatalistic, I'm on this planet if I'm lucky for 93 years. Yeah. There's no bucket to kick. There's a door that walks through into another form of existence. That per- perspective, I'm not looking at my life as 93 years and counting, yeah. but actually as this being the kind of womb of an eternal existence. I have yet to be born into the true life that I will be given. Right. So, so hope... In, in essence, in naming you that is calling you up to a perspective of a different 
interpretation of what life means. And I only Christians, because of the resurrection, only Christians can see things that way. Hmm. Yeah. It, 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 it changes. It's the, it's the looking at the magic eye, and it's the, ah, oh, I see the other dimension. I, there's a story in all of these random dots. Uh, yeah. Hebrews 11 is another story about faith or another depiction of faith, and it says, now faith is the reality of what's hoped for. It is the proof of what is not seen. So what we see is significant. And the ability to see beyond what we see ability to see beyond what we see okay. is, is the, and, and the, the and light is what allows us to see, right? Literally. So we're, we're here. In fact, you've got a special little light here because we're videoing this yeah. yep. that allows people to see us a little bit more clearly. Mm-hmm. So those little light particles and waves are hitting off of us. Yeah. You don't see the light, but you see what the light reveals. Yeah. God being light, his presence is what reveals another layer of, or dimension of reality, hmm. and the eyes of our heart see that uh, for what it really is. And and faith is is the process of choosing to say, I'm going to see that and not this. I've, I've got to mm-hmm. see what's hoped for. Yeah, rather than the... And it's just as real... As what we see with our physical eyes, it's it's imagination. Imagination is actually hope, mm. and we'll aim our imagination at 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 interpreting reality for the facts, or mm. we'll aim our imagination based on the paradigm of hope, of resurrection, of eternity, and suddenly yeah. everything shifts and changes. So yeah, God a- says to you, "I have a future for you, a future and a hope." Um, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And so faith says, I'm going to believe a hope paradigm instead of a facts paradigm. Yeah. Well, and the the facts will then, (laughs) at least in in these cases of of experiencing um, disappointment, they, they... they bring disappointment, more disappointment. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I've, I've, I've been, I've been, I've, I've done a lot of processing about that. Like d- disappointment is really, is real mm-hmm. because we have a hope in something and then disappointment, disappointment can come in. Um, I mean, what is it? Proverbs 13, 12. I think, I think that's right. Um, says, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick yeah. and that's disappointment. Yeah. It's that, it's that we have a hope in something, yeah. the promises of God and then deferred means like it doesn't happen right. or it's prolonged. Right. Like we're waiting for right. those promises and that makes your heart sick. Like yes. that's, that's real. Yep. I mean, Abraham, Abraham waited 10 years for this promise of a son. Yeah, absolutely. He got frustrated. He went, he tried to manufacture it himself. He, w- yeah. yeah. And his, and, and people around him were like, okay, well you just got to make this happen on your own. Like, yep. you know, what, what we're, what we're called back to from a kingdom perspective of life is that we cannot be disappointed. Ultimately, really? ultimately, if we believe in That's hope, bold, Dad. if we believe in hope, <laughs> We can be, we can be temporarily disappointed, yeah. 
because the, the, the expression of hope that we had been counting on didn't happen. But what we ultimately like said, yeah, well, or not just on our timing, but it, it, we've 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 put our expectation in a certain expression of God's fulfillment, okay. and we hold on to that. When that doesn't happen, and sometimes it doesn't, <clears throat> people have choices. If we put our hope in people being God's gift to us, yeah. uh, then they may choose not to fulfill that. That would be your story, right? Yeah. But for someone who believes in a paradigm of hope, whatever happens doesn't mean it's good. Mm. It means God says all things work together for good. God just creates a new plan A for your life. And, and actually, it doesn't mean that what you went through was God's design. It means actually God's going to go, oh, okay, now that that happened, I will create a new ingenious way to express my love through you. And hope is believing that no matter what stinking tragedy hits you, God gets the last word. And God says, God says, I want you to believe that I actually have something better for you. Yeah. And, and therefore, or that I'm going to create emotionally. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That yeah. I'll create something. Yeah. Now, emotionally, we get disappointed. I'm not, saying here that you don't go through the cycle of an emotional disappointment, but hope goes and grabs yourself like Abraham face the fact that his body was as good as dead, that he grabbed himself by the back of the neck, nap of the neck and said, okay, I'm going to still hope. Hmm. So ultimately a Christian and it was paradigm. Counted to him as righteousness. Yes. That's, and that, well, you know what? That's actually what, that's actually the faith that was his justification. Yeah, yeah. It was and like he we're, believed we're his promise. Like real, you know, theology there. Yeah, but like, but that—that's—that's that—that's the essence of of what yes. Romans four says. It, yeah, it, 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 and and actually, it is hope <clears throat> that justifies. It hope is is the, her faith yeah. is that which says I'm going to believe this picture of reality. And and if we're and that's if, credited to us as righteous. And if it's really getting into it, like we, he didn't even have the promise of Jesus. He didn't even have exactly. the reality of what Jesus has already done exactly. for us now on this side of the cross, where we actually have a lot more reason to believe hope because we have, we have seen the evidence yes. of Jesus. Yes. And, um, and so, I mean, yeah, Abraham, God bless him because he didn't have he didn't have those promises or even like yes. or even the Holy Spirit in him to right. you know to lead him and bring him guidance because that, that came after. I, I I think you see this uh, you see this lived out in the story in the story of Paul the apostle. Yeah. So the book of Philippians Whew, a is a one. beautiful beautiful it, picture people. of 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 a human being who is facing the fact. That his life is is a is really a, it's like a crippled mess. He is in prison. His plans yeah. that he believed were given to him by God are completely thwarted because he's under house arrest. And he had this master plan that we see in Romans 15 of how he was going to take the gospel from this city to this city and and conquer the Roman Empire. <laughs> and you see this this you know he's he was amazing. this he was like this strategic general for the yeah, kingdom. He really yeah, was. Yeah. Well, then what happens? He gets arrested, and, and, and other things. He got stoned, and all kinds of things happened to him. But in but in Philippians, he had every reason to be disappointed, and it's very clear in his story emotionally he was emotionally. Yeah. 
Paul never hid his emotions. No, he, he never didn't. denied how disappointed he was in people that I mean, he, he trusted. He like a thorn in his side. He was like, exactly. like he, yeah. And, and he was he, really he's, honest about it. I mean, in Second Corinthians, he's lashing out at people he believes betrayed him. So right. he's very real about yeah. that. The, the deal beyond it, though, yeah. is that hope doesn't stop there. Hope at the end of the temporary disappointment says, but I'm not living here. And so what he does in Philippians hmm. is that he says, I'm going to rejoice. And, and it's a yeah. it, joy for Paul in Philippians is a verb. Joy is rejoicing. Joy is the action is of re, it's rejoicing. It's it, you you joy as a noun as a state of mind comes as a result of the verb rejoicing. Rejoicing comes as a result of hope of saying because I believe this about reality. Oh my gosh, I was just reading. Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. But um, but it was about like we have hope and then therefore we have joy. Oh. Um, I want to say it's in Proverbs. I'll, I'll have to look it up and I'll put it in the show notes if I find it. But that, that's it. Yeah, that's it. It It is. And and it's the. I want to say it's Proverbs 15. Because we have hope, we rejoice. Mm -hmm. Because we rejoice, we find joy. Yeah. And when we find joy, hope, faith is activated, and our circumstances change. Well, and then there's and then there's like um, there is Lamentations three where it's I I will call to mind I call to mind therefore I have hope. So it's like we actually have to. We actually have to like bring those promises up to our mind. It's kind of like even the process of um, of like gratefulness. Yes. I mean that's a that's kind of like a buzz thing right now where people are always talking about like you know finding gratefulness or whatever and and it's even secular. It's not just but but it's a biblical concept too yes. of like of of calling to mind the good things that are actually in our life um, and then remember and I mean it's. It, presently remembering those things and then yes. that brings that then brings hope to the future because it helps us look past the situations that are really crappy yeah and see what that's beautiful because then what happens is when we live in hope which is future which is a a belief that the future will be this according yeah. to god's word we actually pull the future into the present hmm. so so living in yeah. hope with, with rejoicing and gratitude is it 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 pulls the future back to the present, like yeah. remembering pulls the past to the present. So when Ooh, we remember, that's really good. when we remember what God used to do or has or what, already yeah. accomplished, he has, he has, and I recite that. Me. Yeah. So that's what the the feasts of Israel were. The Israel had a very unique. It's also what a lot of this podcast is is remembering yes. what God's done. That's right. Telling the testimonies. I mean, it's testimonies of healing, yes. how God has yes. healed us and how ha he has redeemed us. So then that builds our yes. faith in the current. What you're doing with reclaiming is you're going back to a past experience and you are remembering it through a different lens. You're remembering it yep. through the faithfulness of God. And so you're interpreting the past through a lens of hope. Yeah. And then you, uh, uh, hope itself is 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 seeing the future through a lens of hope, and in both cases we're pulling those things into the present. The Hebrews had, uh, the Jews had, a picture of time. It was very different than ours. Actually, yeah. it was much more like the way, you know, a postmodern view of time or a kind of a post-Einstein view of time, which is <laughs> that time is relative to motion. It's not just a linear, meaningless. Um, 
you know, beginning to end, that God's at work in it, and we see the past, and we see the future, and we help to form it by how we see it. Hmm. And so hope, this is wow, why really this is why when we begin to, so again, all of this is predicated on, we're not like Christian scientists who are denying no. the reality of what we're going through. The, the facts are facts and they're real. If we're in pain, it really happened. Yes. If we have a yeah. physical sickness, <laughs> we are physically sick. If you went through a divorce, it was a physical and emotional fact of history. However, we're looking back at it now. In a different perspective. With a different perspective. So yeah, I, and I've even looked at, I wrote, I wrote a blog post about, um, about disappointment and about hope um, back in the fall. But I, I even like, I looked at my disappointment that I was like, I'm actually experiencing disappointment. And then I, I was working to change my perspective of that to say, okay, I am disappointed in something. Therefore I had hope in something <laughs> that, um, yeah. that like, because I am disappointed there, me that actually means that I had hope that, right. I, that I do have hope because right. it meant something. Yep. If I wasn't disappointed yep. in, um, in the things in my life, that would mean that I actually didn't hope for that. Yeah. Anger is a proof <laughs> that we believe in goodness and justice. And that was somehow abridged, right? Mm -hmm. so, so the, yeah. we're, we're, so the, uh, uh, um, <laughs> a difference between re reality as things as it should be yeah. versus what we experience can often create a reaction. Yep. So the, the, um, the challenge at that point, and again, the Christian philosophy of life, our mindset is to say, okay, this is the fact. Yeah. We, we bring it up. This is reality. However, it's not the last word. No. I will choose now to see the future through God's promises. And the wonderful thing is that activates some kind of a, a law of faith yeah. in reality, in the universe, that God then is able, through that faith, to start doing the very things that he's promised. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without that faith, there are promises of God on the table. They're like checks that we haven't cashed. Yeah. And so hope... You know, kind of. This is this is like to you. Everybody's listening to me talk to you. It's pep talks this. with dad. <laughs> is that pep talks with is my that, dad? <laughs> is that you? You are named hope for the opportunity to hold on to something you have no evidence for, other than you have the evidence of God's promise to you, and choosing to say that is going to be hmm. the picture of reality that I build my life on. It's the evidence of things hoped for. Uh, it's the uh, faith is the reality of what's hoped for and the proof of what is not seen. Yeah. So it's choosing to say that's going to be that's going to be the reality upon which I build my life. And then and then in yeah in Romans I mean, what what you're saying in Romans eight, Paul says that we can't actually hope for something that we see. Right. Like you, hope that is seen so isn't hope. It is not even hope. It's like, it's actually like, exactly. it's what you have. It is the opportunity. So we, we can't yes. actually hope in something that we see yes. right now. Yes. So right now I have a beautiful <laughs> opportunity to have hope because I don't necessarily see exactly. outside of. You, you have an I'm opportunity. Right you have an opportunity to live into your identity, your name. Yeah. And again, God didn't, do this to you, no. but he says somehow in knowing um, 
knowing what the course of life was going to lead you to and through, uh, I think actually worked to put that name into your legal identity. And now you've got an opportunity to become that. And it'll be a part of your story in in eternity. I I see heaven actually as we're going to get, you know, six billion opportunities to sit and listen to these intricate stories of of all the human beings who are in in glory one day and every one of us has this that would take you know it take a million years to tell every aspect of your own story and it's a it's a unique picture of god's goodness and and your your identity is all wrapped around hope for you personally elizabeth yeah and so um you know, I thank God for what you've gone through. Not that it's painful, not that that the injustice was good. It's not good. But right. God is working good. And your identity as to be one of the models of hope in the universe. Like you will be for eternity a picture of the power of hoping against hope. Yeah. Facing the fact. Facing the fact and saying it's not the last word. Um, which means you don't talk yourself out of your emotions. You actually walk through them and yeah. say, but there's something bigger, and the bigger is God's promise, yeah. both the general promise and the very specific ones that he's given you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. And that's, I receive that. Thank you for that pep talk. <laughs> but then also for these podcast listeners that, that this is for you. Like this is for you. It is okay to have emotions. It's okay to feel discouraged even, but to also not have that be the last word and not have that be the only, the only thing that you're experiencing. Again, Lamentations three, therefore I call to mind or I call, I call this to mind. Therefore I have hope. So call Call the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God to your mind, and that will bring hope. Like, just yes, do it and choose choose to do it. Choose to, to dwell on something higher and not just your circumstances. Like, if you're experiencing depression and anxiety and grief, it's absolutely okay to experience those things, but know that it's not the end. Yes. It's not. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he's talking about death. And what, what, ultimately, um, what ultimately is encroaching upon the human condition is this reality of our own mortality, right? And, and so yeah. whatever pain we're experiencing, it actually is pressing in upon us that death is real. Yeah. And yet Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, we're not living as those who have no hope. The hope is resurrection. Everything in the Christian life is anchored in the fact that Jesus physically rose from the dead. And Paul said, if he didn't, then we are then idiots for believing this. What are we this. doing here? That's exactly what he says. If Jesus didn't raise from the dead, yeah. then that, then our hope, our whole then... paradigm is just a fantasy. Yeah. But he, he says... He didn't just die. He also yes. is alive. Yes. And, and so because of that, we put our life on the paradigm of resurrection. And that yeah. means we're living forever. And 
are puny little pains, which are real, but they're puny relative to eternity. Yeah. Relative to living for 10,000 years and way beyond. A little disappointment is not not real, but compared to what we have in front of us, it pales and has no right to frame our perspective. So the, yeah. the, the, the hope paradigm, and this is for everybody listening, embrace like Abraham, face the fact that the God's promises actually don't look good in your life. Hmm. But we don't waver in our faith because of hope. And we choose, mm-hmm. we get around people who remind us of this. It's a key aspect yes. with all this is get around people like this who will give us the pep talks of faith. You're welcome, world. You're here. <laughs> because we, we need we need we need people to say, look, mm-hmm. what you're seeing is real. It's just not as real as, as the real the real real. real. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, who who is it that said that you're you're the average of the five people yeah. that you spend the most right. time with or whatever? Right. So if if I'm one of your five people, if you don't even know me and you're listening to that, like, that's great. That's what I want to bring in this podcast. We have is got hope. to be around people who remind us of what's yes. real. Sanity is living in reality. And it's, it's living in the awareness of what's real. To be insane is to see reality in a way that is not real. And any other perspective of life other than hope is insane. <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> and, yeah, it, and it takes okay. people to because say reality is not just what we see here it's also like it's the yeah, real real it's the real real and and that's we actually need community to to remind us of a perspective we may not yeah. see you don't get a clear picture of the grand canyon unless you you know you see it from thirty thousand feet you ride a raft through the bottom you just go to the north rim and you go to the south rim all those collectively become a full picture of what's real and we need a full picture of reality by brothers and sisters reminding us to go back to hope and saying yes what you're facing is real but there's a realer real yeah and we're not going to let you grovel in the despair of a partial perspective Hmm. that's really good that's really good so get in a community where faith and hope are the paradigm. And these remain faith, faith hope, hope, and love. And love. And with that, thank you for the pep talk. Thank you for the hope and for naming me that. Thank you so much for listening to the Reclaimed Podcast. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast and rate it on iTunes. If you're interested in partnering with the Reclaimed Podcast financially, you can do so on my Patreon page. Remember, you're not alone. There is hope. And we'll see you next week.